Reformed Church. If you want to go exploring on ReformU um, and really get trained in a topic, there, there's, there's so much stuff on there. And anyone that would ever even think about going to Bible school, I mean, at this church, I think I'm speaking for Pastor Jose and Miss Kim as well, when I say that we pretty much don't like Bible school, like at all. <laughs> like there's really, there's maybe only one Bible school that we can think of that um, is probably the better of them. And, you know, even that, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it going to any Bible school right now. Um, especially most Bible schools are just, you're not learning the gospel. Um, there's very little gospel going on there. You're not being trained in the gospel. You're being trained in a lot of other stuff. And um, we have an article coming out at some point um, about theology and Bible school and all that kind of stuff. And, and even just, just, the, just saying that word theology, it's like, I just hate theology. I hate theology. Uh, uh, I, I don't believe in the concept of, of studying God, at least the way that it is uh, insinuated by the word. Um, it's not the word study that I have a problem with, really. Um, if you want to call it study when you're reading your Bible, I don't care. I, I've used the word myself. But the study of God, I, that's, I have a relationship with God. He speaks to me, and apart from him speaking into my brain, I can't know a thing. It's a conversation that I have with him. It's not, I'm not studying anything from that standpoint. I'm not studious about God. If I was going to be studious about God, I wouldn't know anything. So um, uh, even in the article, I mentioned you know, just the fact, like, you know, when you have a relationship with your wife, you don't call it the, you're studying your wife. And you may think that sounds weird, but why would we say we're studying God then? I don't understand what the difference is. Because he's unseen? Because that makes him less of a person that's just speaking to you? You know, you you cannot study God, not in the sense of that that is used when it comes to theology. When it comes to seminary and theology, that is some of the most unfruitful places that you'll ever see. It's just, it's not just about Jesus, and therefore whenever something is not just centered around Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is not allowed to work. He's being stifled. Um, And that's what that whole vibe just, just does to to a believer's mind. You get all into studying stuff, and, and what about this verse, and, and looking up Hebrew words, and I've talked to so many people, and they just seem so confused. They don't, they, they, uh, I won't use that, that phrase, but they just don't know up from down, down from up, uh, good, right, right from wrong, good and bad. It just, they, they don't know, under, understand the gospel, but they're going to bring up all the, the, the Hebrew words, and the tenses, and all that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, you just, you're not just having a conversation with the Lord, are you? <laughs> Now, I'll, I'll bring Hebrew words up to you guys, too. Nothing wrong with looking up a Hebrew word, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Where it becomes a study of Hebrew rather than just talking to the Lord. It, it's, it's, I don't like Bible school. Don't like Bible school. If, if a Bible school is worth its salt, it's just like church. And it's just teaching the gospel and teaching Jesus. And, you know, on the side, maybe there's some practical stuff that they're teaching about business and finance to, to equip people. That's all cool, too. But it's still about the gospel, um, if it's worth anything. So, um, generally speaking, don't like Bible school and pretty much holistically, don't like theology. I just want to talk to Jesus. That's all I want to do. He did something for me. He wants to tell me about it. I don't, why, why would I ever call that a study? That doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't compute. When you just have a relationship with the Lord, and you just enjoy your relationship with the Lord, it, I don't believe that that leads to the terminology theology. I, I don't think that would ever lead you to call it that. Then you have to have someone on the outside come into your brain and tell you it's called theology and tell you have to approach God this studious way for you to start using that. Because if we, if we just left you alone and just taught you Jesus, I don't think anyone would ever come to the conclusion that that's called the study of God. Or that there's something studious or, you know, um, uh, that need a degree or something. That, that's, that's the weirdest thing. 
Like the, the, the Bible that we are studying was written by people that a degree, they didn't even know what that was. And if you told them they needed a, a degree, and even like that would even help them at all, get to know God more, the fact they have a degree, they would laugh at you. What are you talking about? Don't, I mean, even Elihu in the book of Job says, isn't there a spirit in man that gives a man wisdom? Like, isn't that how it works? <laughs> Elihu was talking to his, even his elders, and he was like, I understand I'm not as old as you guys, and I haven't been as, as experienced as you guys. He's like, but isn't it the spirit on the inside of a man that gives him wisdom? So, so yeah, that's why I'm going to speak up right now and correct you, because I believe wisdom comes from the spirit. I don't believe wisdom comes from school. I don't believe wisdom comes from study. I don't believe wisdom comes from, you know, uh, 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 any method of Bible interpretation. That's, that's just, all of it is wholly just garbage. It, it, it's, it's, it's not going to help you. It's going to do the opposite. It's going to confuse you. And you throw all the books at it. You know, I don't read Christian books. I don't consult this one and that one and the other one. I'm going to read the Bible. And if anyone ever decides to put a book out that is just teaching Jesus, that's fine. Books are just like messages written down. But, um, uh, you know, I'm just not in all that. You're not just going to get to know the Lord. Just simply, simply get to know Jesus with all that other garbage. Don't even bother with all that stuff. It's not worth it. Like I said, if a Bible school is actually worth its salt, it's just like church, pretty much, just teaching you the gospel. There was a time when I was very, um, very excited uh, about the gospel. I mean, not with the same type of excitement that I have now, but I just felt like I wanted to do something, right? And, and it, you kind of get this zeal about you where you, you want to do something for the Lord, right? Because you, you, you're hearing a lot of good stuff, and you feel kind of like the appropriate reaction to... I don't know, if you're really into cars is to then get into cars. If you're really into, uh, I don't know, you really get into plumbing, then start your own plumbing business. I don't know. But you, you, you have a t people have a tendency to feel that the way when you hear something good like, and, you, and you hear about sharing that and, and spreading that good news, right, you think, that the way that you have to do it and the way we've kind of been taught is okay. So then if you feel like you have a calling to the ministry, which, which to be honest with you, I mean, I, I do believe that the Lord can give people a platform to be able to begin a church, but every single individual should feel called to the ministry, right? Because that is actually the purpose of the church, why it exists, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? So we should all feel that way. Um, but I mean, if you, if you come to church and, and you're like, oh, I don't care. This is just like watching TV. I just sit here and then you talk and then I go home. Obviously there's something wrong with that. But, but at some point you start feeling like, okay, like, well, like you want to do something. So the, normally the direction of the church is go to Bible school. And I, I started feeling that. And it was funny because we were, we were, we were attending a church and we were just getting ready to leave and I was going to move like, I wasn't even going to think twice about it. And I was really seriously talking to my wife about this. Like, listen, like, I looked at some Bible schools or whatever, and, and I think, you know, we should go. We should move. We should really consider doing that because there are no Bible schools around here. And I remember, I, I don't remember the day. I just remember what I was doing. I was coming in, and I don't know why in the heck I was coming in so late, but I remember coming in, and I remember my pastor was up front speaking, and just as I'm coming in the back of the room, I hear him saying, oh, that they were going to start a Bible school right at the church. I was like, oh, wow. 
there you go. Well, that's awesome. So I don't have to go anywhere. And I'm going to tell you something interesting. I got my bachelor's degree in theology, right, which means absolutely nothing at all. Um, and I remember all of those, all those hours sitting in quote-unquote class, right? It, it almost became kind of a joke because the textbooks that we were using, the pastor didn't even agree that the, the, even the, the, the different teachers that we had, right, weren't, weren't even in agreement with the curriculum that we had. So to be honest with you, the best of times that I remember in quote-unquote Bible school was when they put the book aside and they just started preaching like we would preach during service, right? Because that's really what you wanted. I mean, the reason why I even started going to that church in the first place was because I just wanted to hear the Bible taught. Um, and, 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 and whenever we would kind of ha almost have to get back into the textbook, I, it would be a drudgery because it, it just, I got nothing out of it. It, it was meaningless to me. And, and to be honest with you, out of the, in my entire experience in those two years, um, I walked away with nothing. I mean, like literally, I walked away with not a single solitary thing that equipped me for the ministry at all. Nothing. The only thing that I walked away from was with a degree, right, from a theological seminary, but it, it, it was completely mean, meaningless. It did nothing. It's just a paper that qualifies you to do nothing. In, in the eyes of people, maybe, you know, like if you go, there are churches that will actually hire people based on a degree. Like you can hire a CEO, you can hire a pastor, and then they'll fire the pastor as well. But I just really want to echo what uh, Pastor Mike was talking about. And, and the, the, the advice that I was talking to this person about was just, you know what, there is, I basically said the exact same thing Pastor Mike just shared with you. I said, you know what, there, there are no Bible schools that I would really be able to recommend to you. And, and there's really only one that sticks out, and we don't even agree wholeheartedly with that and the way things are done. So, so I actually did the same thing that Brother Matthew has been talking to you about. I encouraged the person to go and reform you. I said, you know, if you, if you, what you really want to do is you really want to know the Lord, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if you go through Reform U and you just stop, start at the top and work your way through the bottom, you will walk away with an immense amount of growth in Jesus that you would never get at Bible school. Like, like even what, what, what Brother Matthew told you today, like, t take someone, I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have the time to measure this, right? But take someone, send them off to Bible school, and then take somebody else and just put them in Reform U and have them start from the bottom to the top. Somebody doesn't even come to this church. Just let them start from the bottom to the, from the top to the bottom, and the other person send them to Bible school. Bring them back and just throw questions to them about truth. Not about theology, not about Hebrew, not about hermeneutics, not about all, uh, the, the seven ways to study of Bible interpretation. None of that junk. Just truth about Jesus. And that person coming out of that seminary is going to know nothing. Nothing. They won't even understand what the heck you're even talking about, right? But, but take someone that had gone through Reform U, which no one has to pay for, because I'm sure it would be interpreted differently, right? There are courses that I take and have taken before in the past, online courses that you have to pay for. And people will actually think that that is more, <laughs> it's more important because you got a certificate from something that you paid for, yet I have, and this is work-related worldly stuff, right? I have learned more from YouTube videos that are free than I've learned from that course that I paid for. 
right? So it, it just, for, for whatever reason, people think that when something is free to you, it, it, it doesn't have as much worth because if it was worth more, you would charge for it, right? But the thing is, again, this is the gospel that we're talking about. This is, this is, uh, this is a service. This is the people don't have to pay to come in here, you know? So, so just something, you know, to keep in mind, if you, if you have a desire to want to know the Lord more, and I, you know, I remember sitting, uh, we, 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 had a, um, we had a living room in the house that we, our first home that we owned when the kids were little. It was a living room, and then it had sort of like a family room with a wood-burning stove and then a dining room in the back. And I remember sitting in that dining room, and I remember having like this flip notebook, right, like a steno book. And I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to grab my Bible, and I'm going to grab this notebook, and I just want to read, and when something's important to me, I'm going to write it down, Right? And, and, and it was funny, because I, I, all I wanted was, Lord, I just want to know you more, and that's all that I knew how to do was just, I'm just going to grab my Bible and grab a, a notebook, and I'm just going to go at it, right? And then what I started to do was supposedly handling all the tough questions normally that when I heard preachers preaching, they, all, they seemed to all skip over the hard stuff. Like this, but sometimes it's just right. If you don't know something, you ought not to be talking about it. But I wanted to know even the stuff that you're skipping over. I wanted to pray about that, and I wanted to learn it. Um, so I, I just want to encourage you if, you, if you have a sense, you know what, Lord, like I, I want to know you more. I want to be able to share your gospel, and, and I want to know more of what I'm talking about. Like I, I want you to be able to freely work in and through the abundance of my heart and be, a, be able to speak to people. Um, and if you want to do that, I really honestly would encourage you to do exactly what Brother Matthew was saying. Just start at the top of Reform U, go a topic at a time, take it slow, have something that you can write with or type on, and just go a little bit at a time. And I guarantee you that by the time you get to the bottom, even if you've heard every single one of those messages while you've been coming here, you would have grown so much in the knowledge of Jesus just by going through and doing that. Um, yeah, no, I just, it, it's, you know, I want to say this too about when it comes to Bible school. Um, Kind of what we've been presenting is sort of like, you know, Bible school is 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 not going to do for you what just come to church and specifically, obviously, I'm advocating this church right now um, because I just, as we've told you so many times, I just don't know where else you're going to hear certain things like this. Um, and if there was, then fine, that 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 would be fine as well. But um, but. We're, we're kind of presenting like, well, Bible school is uh, not going to do for you what th this message is going to do for you. But let me also add this as well, that going to Bible school will actually hurt your faith. I, I only know of one Bible school that I couldn't say would do the same thing to your, to your head as probably the rest of them or the majority of them. Bible school, generally speaking, will hurt your faith. It's not that it will just not profit you, like not give you the positive. It will actually backpedal your understanding of Jesus. I talked to somebody not that long ago who, Bible school guy, but there's a difference, right? Pastor Zay went to Bible school, and clearly from his testimony to you just a second ago, has counted that loss. Like, Paul went to Bible school too. Paul also tried a lot of different stuff and then realized, oh, actually, if I really want to get to know Jesus, I'm going to have to forsake all that stuff and do it right. That's what Pastor is presenting to you. But this person is just, he's talking to me, and I 
had posted something on my personal Facebook, which I no longer have, but uh, at the time I did, and posted something on my personal Facebook that was, God is not being good to, or not, that, that, that was the term I used. He was not providing good to us all the time. So when people say, God is good all the time, or when we say, God is good, and everyone says, all the time, what I was correcting was, said it's not that God's nature isn't good all the time. We actually have the article on, on, online, if you want to read that. It's called, uh, God is good all the time, question mark, I think is what it's, what it, what it's called. Um, so you can just type that in our search. But I had posted that, and he had a problem with saying that God, me saying God is not providing his goodness all the time. Like God is always good, like in his nature. Sure, that's true. But when people say God's good all the time, they're not just saying God in his nature is good. They're talking about God as being good to them all the time. Okay? And, and they may be sort of a mixture of both of those things, their meaning that God is good in his nature all the time, but he's also, he's constantly being good to me all the time. And it's clear that that is what a lot of people are meaning by that, because otherwise this particular person wouldn't have taken offense by me saying God is not providing his goodness to us all the time. That's the truth. If you say Jesus paid the price, and Jesus is the only way to receive from God, Jesus ain't dying today. That, that, that was the conversation I had with this person. I said, uh, do you believe that Jesus had to provide and pay the price for everything for us that we received from the Father, and do you believe that Jesus is the only way to receive from God? At first, he said, yeah, that he believes that Jesus is the only way to receive from God, because every Christian would. If you don't believe that, you're, you really wouldn't be saved, right? You had to come through, no one comes to the Father except through him. And Jesus is the only access into the grace of God, which is Romans 5, 2. So I asked the person that, and he was still in disagreement that God only provided his goodness one time. Because you can't say that God is constantly providing his goodness all the time, and Jesus is the only way. His death is the only way, because he only died once. Everyone follow me on that logic? Jesus only died once. And if the man only died once, and he's the only way, then God could have only provided his goodness one time in history. <laughs> if he's providing his goodness to us today, then it didn't come through Jesus. Because Jesus is not dying today. You understand? It's particularly Jesus' death. That is the way. That's why the veil was torn when he died, not when he lived before that, and not later on. When he died is when the veil was torn, making a way into the holiest, correct? Jesus' death is what God testified through breaking that veil that is the way. And this man that I was talking to eventually had to admit to me, because of the logic I just gave you, because that's just irrefutable. You, you can't say both things. God's providing good today, but Jesus is the only way to receive. If Jesus is the only way to receive from the Father, and he only died once, then that way was made one time, and all goodness of God was provided to all humanity one time. Now, we can receive it today. Of course, you receive it all the time, but God's not providing his goodness to you all the time. I had a bunch of people get on kind of my case about that particular logic, and this particular person, all Bible schooled up, couldn't understand that Jesus is the only way. Couldn't get it. Had to admit to me, because he wanted to maintain that God is constantly providing goodness to us. He had to actually say, or, or at least type, because we were typing back and forth. He had to tell me, well, I don't think Jesus is the only way. He actually said that. I wouldn't have believed that. I would not have believed that a Christian could say that. But he knew that the only way to maintain the logic that God is constantly providing goodness is that Jesus, his death simply cannot be the only way to receive from God. He also disagreed when I said that Jesus is the demonstration of God's love. 
And he said, well, God demonstrates his love to us all the time. And I said, where is it in the Bible? Because obviously everything God does is in love. When he created creation, he is love. Everything he, doesn't, everything he has ever done, has, the motivation has been love. But there's only one demonstration of his love, one example of his love by which you can tell the height, the depth, the length, the width of his love and actually measure it and get an accurate, accurate, accurate picture of how deep his love is for you, and that's the cross. And he still continued to refute that. This is, man, all Bible schooled up. He couldn't resist but to give me Hebrew, to give me the Greek, to give me the tenses, to, 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 to explain to me biblical history, brought out all the tools out of his thing that he had been, quote unquote, equipped with at Bible school. And the man couldn't tell me that Jesus was the only way. The man couldn't tell me that Jesus and what he did at the cross is the only. You know what he kept telling me? The ultimate demonstration of God's love, but not the only one. And I said, give me a verse that tells me. And I, 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 several times in this conversation, I told him, just so you know, I love you. But that's a dangerous thing you just said. Because he told me Jesus wasn't the only way. <laughs> that's a dangerous doctrine to say. And uh, even when it came to the demonstration of God's love, someone that has been so Bible-schooled and churched, someone who has devoted their mind to studying the Bible and searching Scripture, you know, it kind of reminds you of a verse, doesn't it? You search the scriptures. You're searching. You're studying. You're doing your thing. Because you think in them you have eternal life by your study of scripture. And you know what Jesus said? It's those that testify of me. And guess who you missed? Guess who you missed? Jesus standing in front of the Jewish leaders there. And he says, you did all your studying, and then I came and I went and you missed me. So what was all that study? This is, that, that verse right there is enough proof in and of itself, even though there's more verses, that you will study yourself stupid. The people that studied the most amongst the Jewish people were the very people that missed Jesus. And in Bible schools today, don't tell me that's, that, that's not exactly what we're doing. That we're teaching and studying and studying, and you're going to read all these different books. Brother Matt could tell you, all the books that they made him read, books written by atheists, written by atheists, trying to prove atheism given assignments at Bible school to try to prove the contrary point to the gospel. It was an assignment for the sake of, uh, I don't know, trying to explain an argument well enough to then, so that we could argue it the contrawise, given books by atheists, and then forced to debate from an atheist point of view in a, in a Bible school. You know what that is? You're studying yourself stupid. Brother Matt told me while he was going to Bible school, I'm sure he doesn't mind me telling him, you guys this, and if he does, then I would have to tell him sorry later. I remember him coming, this is way early on in, in the days of this church, um, years and years ago, and he came to me, he told me, he said, I am so confused. I remember that. And I remember having conversations with him where even just with him going to church before, we would have conversations, and it, you know, both of him and I, we, there was so much we didn't understand um, before this church, but um, but there was, you know, like a, a, I never heard him tell me about the Bible or about Jesus. I am so confused. I've never heard him tell me that. And you know how many other people I've heard, whether Bible school or just because they, they, they feel the need to read every single Christian book and to get every single person's advice rather than just, I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to see how the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to me today? People told us, we, we, we have so many people that have told us, I'm so confused because you will study yourself stupid because God can't be found through your 
interpretations and your study. God actually, it says, God made sure that by wisdom, that no person would know him. You cannot know him by wisdom. This is actually why Jesus would tell parables. That's a different topic entirely. But you will study yourself silly. Studying and studying and searching the scriptures. That's John chapter 5, I think. You can throw it up behind me uh, if, if, if you can. I think it's John chapter 5. Uh, it's in the New King James Version, though. King James words it a little bit differently. But um, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You're searching and searching and searching. Isn't that kind of an amazing thing? If it doesn't show you that God cannot be known by your study, that the nation of people that was given scripture but instead chose to approach it with their own wisdom and study it, is the nation of people predominantly today that is known religiously for rejecting Christ as the Messiah. And were the ones that were studying Scripture for thousands of years. I believe it was at least 2,000 years. I could be wrong in the exact number. Something like over 2,000 years between Moses and Jesus. Somewhere's in that ballpark. For 2,000 years... From the writings of Moses until the coming of Christ, they were searching scriptures. Searching, searching, searching. And I'm not saying everybody missed Jesus. But you know the people that were actually categorized in the Bible that totally missed him were the people that were studying the most. Now, again, I don't care if you want to call your time with the Lord study. I don't care what you call it. Call whatever you I, I, Again, God don't care about words. He cares what you're communicating. You don't care about the word you use. You can call it whatever. You can call it stand on your head. And as long as you're saying, hey, I'm just going to read the Bible and have the Holy Spirit reveal Jesus to me because that's the point here. Let's just hear Jesus. Let's just hear some good news. Let's just hear some good news about Jesus. That, is, is that not good enough? That I had to be given a book by an atheist to try to understand their argument better so I can debate with them better? Is that, is that what I'm coming to church for, to hear what an atheist believes? You'll never get to the end. If you want to take that logic, and I want to learn what every single other person, I want to learn their unbelief so that I can argue their unbelief better. No wonder we're confused. You can't just come to a Bible school and just hear about Jesus. You got you to you hear about debates and arguments and, and methods and styles of, 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 uh, of, of, of getting a leg up in an argument. So much so that I had to learn your point of view. Aren't I trying to do the opposite? God won't help you do that, you realize, right? The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. But if you want to take that route and learn what an atheist believes, you're on your own. Now, I don't mean the Holy Spirit left you. I just mean in that endeavor, he ain't going to help you do that. You could apply your understanding all day long if you want to do that. He's not going to help you learn what an atheist believes because he leads you into all truth. He's not going to lead you into all unbelief. He leads you into all truth. So you want to study yourself silly, study all the topics, study all the world religions, have at it. You want to learn Jesus? The Holy Spirit's your guide. If you don't, then you're on your own. You can learn it yourself. God is not going to help you lie to yourself. He will Now, he's... He'll try to lead you away from it. So I don't mean, again, you're on your own, like you're without the leading of the Holy Spirit as a believer. But that endeavor, he ain't, he ain't pushing you forward in that one. He's going to try to lead you away from it. Um, you know what I heard Brother Matt say the other day at this church from this pulpit doing announcements? He said, you know, I'm not saying I know everything. He said, but I'm, I don't feel confused about anything. Th that didn't come from Bible school. Bible school, again, I'm sure Brother Matt would agree with this anyway, so you don't mind, but Bible school will hurt you, hurt his faith. That he would come to tell me, I'd never heard it out of his mouth, say, I'm confused, and then just a couple weeks ago, stand from this pulpit, having uh, gone through some 
some Bible school rehab at this church. And now, I don't feel confused about anything. I, am I saying I know everything? No, but do I feel confused? No, I don't feel confused. Because I can see Jesus now. There's not this big cloud of smoke over his face where I can't see him. All these books and all this garbage added. You know, something interesting about the parable of the seed and the sower is that it's not just seed. It's not just the gospel sown in your heart uh, that produces fruit. It's the pure gospel without it being crowded out by a whole bunch of crap is what it is. We're at church, so I won't say crap. Poop. All that stuff in there, if you notice the parable of the seed and the sower, it wasn't just those that received the seed that bore the fruit. It was just the seed. It was just Jesus. Because when you crowd it out with a whole bunch of junk, it chokes the word out. It's not enough. We were just talking about this from Psalms chapter 1. It's not enough to just say, well, I'm learning Jesus. Because you can learn Jesus. Even at that time, Brother Matt was learning Jesus at the time, even here. Attend this very church and learning, obviously, Jesus on his own time. And then you take that seed, that pure seed, and you put it in there, and God just says, here's what Jesus did for you. You don't got to do nothing for me in return. Nothing. Here's Jesus. I just want you to know. Is that all right with you? I just want you to know. Just know it. Just be still from everything else and just know who I am. And he puts that, I just want to let you know what my son did for you. Puts it in the ground. You know what Bible school is the majority of the time? Is all that other junk put in there right with the seed. Don't expect to receive anything from God. Don't expect to receive anything from God. When you put a pure seed about, it's just about Jesus, and then you load it up with this book by this atheist and this world religion and this thing, you pile all the books on top of that seed, and the seed is crushed and choked out. You want to throw all the books and everything else on top of just the purity of the word of God? You'll never see fruit that way. That's called double-minded. You're receiving the seed, and you're also receiving a whole bunch of junk with it. If you, this is why we were talking about even from Psalms 1. This is the, 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 the importance of, of who you hang out with and what you're hearing and what you're allowing into your head and, uh, you know, all these different things. Because why? Because it's not just the seed that produces fruit, but it's the seed by itself that produces fruit. When you hold on to Jesus and what he's done for you by itself, that's what produces fruit. When you add Jesus and then, oh, and by the way, and you want to add all this crud in there with it, that's where you get unfruitfulness if you want to read Mark chapter 4 for yourself. That's where all that comes from. It's choking out the word. All of our Bible school and all of our theology and all of our methodology and all this stuff in our debates and all this human worldly wisdom is choking the word of God out of believers that otherwise would have been better off if they had never gone to Bible school. And I'm not saying that's every single Bible school, but I'm telling you that I've only heard, like we said before, of one particular Bible school that doesn't take that particular uh, 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 line of thinking. And we don't even agree with that Bible school on a lot of things. I think we actually sometimes forget even how much we really, really, right now, for the time being, don't agree with that Bible school on a lot of things. But you know what, though? The person that started the Bible school that I'm referring to is a person that said that he hates Bible school. <laughs> so if that lets you kind of know... The, the, the mentality of a good Bible school just might be someone that looks at the nature of Bible school today and says, I hate Bible school. He actually doesn't even call it seminary. He calls it cemetery because he said it's just dead there. <laughs> so if that gives you any inkling as to if you want to start a good Bible school, you probably just have to hate the nature of Bible school in general and theology and all that garbage. That's really what it takes because uh, 
the education system, biblical education system today, is, uh, is, is, has, I'm sure, some to do with Jesus and a whole lot of other stuff that's just choking that word out and spitting people out that know more about Hebrew than they know about the nature of God and what he did through his son. That's like that conversation. Because the thing is, too, I know it, too. I know when your Bible's schooled up. I hear it. It's like I can smell it all over you. You have a conversation with someone that's all Bible schooled up, and even if they didn't go to Bible school, they've been hearing things like all the theological arguments and all that stuff. It's like they, 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 they seem, they almost feel like, how can I describe it except to say, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Because you, you're always learning. You're piling all that, I keep wanting to say crap, but we're going to go with it for tonight. Piling all that crap on top of the word of God, always learning doesn't always produce fruit. Depends on what you're learning. If you're just learning everybody's opinion and all this other stuff, and Jesus. Well, that's why the church is so unfruitful today. That's why the church feels so confused today. Just throw all that stuff away. Throw all that stuff away. That's why we recommend Reform You. I remember there was one, one specific time I was in my dorm room. And they're just like, you know, jail cells. Um, they're, so, they're so tiny. And I remember we had, my, my roommate and I had a dry erase board. And uh, I forget exactly what it was. But I, I know that the cross was on there. And there was something that one of the professors had said. And uh, I was pacing back and forth. And I just kept looking at the dry erase board, and I'm like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And um, so I can, I can remember certain things um, like that. But for the most part, I really don't relate with that a lot. And, uh, and it really does come back to what Pastor Mike was saying, that you have to forsake that mentality, that I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to, you know, submerge myself in this content and try to, to, uh, to learn this. It's not about you going after it. It's about you being passive and listening. And that's, that's not passive meaning you're not doing anything. Like, you have to be diligent in, we were just talking about this upstairs um, on, like, Sunday, I think it was. You have to be diligent to give the Lord time to hear from him. Because if you never if you never incline your ear to him, you'll never hear him. Doesn't have any have anything to say that you know. That doesn't mean that he's not eager to to teach you something to speak to you. But uh, but if you don't give him time, then you'll never hear. And if you don't hear, then there will be no faith in your mind. You'll have no understanding. You'll have no knowledge. You'll have no no sureness or certainty. You'll have no conviction you'll be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And, uh, and I, I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place because there's, there's a lot to be said. But I would also say this doesn't just apply to Bible college or Bible school, Christian college, whatever you want to call it. This is, this is a lot broader because you might be sitting here like, yeah, I didn't walk in here with the, with the uh, intention that I'm going to sign up for a Bible school. This, this does apply to anything that you are subjecting yourself to, to listen to. You know, Pastor Jose has said it many times about, or and even Pastor Mike too, Christian movies. 
Not even, not even for the most part. And I really mean that for the most part. With the maybe hope that there's, you know, 0.1% something that's salvageable out there. But it's not worth it. Because what you're hearing is you're hearing what people have come up with themselves. And that's, that is a lot of what, what uh, Bible school is. Anyway, it's just learning what other people think. I can tell you what John Calvin believed. I can tell you what the Arminians believed. You know, I, I, you can go through all that stuff, but then you're like, okay, but what's true? I don't know. I just know what they believe, and you know, I know both sides of the spectrum. And you really, you really do just end up confused. You know, I, just one example. I went in. I, brought, I was brought up my whole life, you know, hearing once saved, always saved, and I was. I would say I was pretty secure in that. And then I had a, a professor require us to debate. And I was on the conditional salvation side. I had to prove that you could lose your salvation. And um, I invested so much time in material and just listening to, to different people talk. I actually totally abandoned the idea that once you are saved, then you're saved. I was actually looking at my salvation and, and that of other people around me. Like, yeah, like, you're, you may be saved today, you may have the Spirit of God today, but tomorrow, it's not a guarantee. And you might, you might not be familiar, or this, this might not make sense to you, but, like, that's a... That's a huge burden. That every single morning you can wake up and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have the power that will sustain me for forever. That you could, you could literally be in the state that Jesus was, where you're there one day and you say, Father, why have you forsaken me? And that, that's, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's so... I mean, it'll just dismantle you. you. You, like, I remember thinking those things, and it was all because I took the time to subject myself to the teaching of a man, of a person who is trying to, they were using Scripture, I, and I thought, and I, and I will say this too, that's not the test of the truth. A Bible, a Bible verse. The devil quoted scripture, okay? The devil quoted it. Didn't, he didn't, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's out of context. He quoted it. He just quoted it. Don't, 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 you know, ju- try to explain it. By his, he, he just quoted the words. And yet, by Jesus' response, you know, okay, there's something wrong with what he's saying. The words themselves are not wrong. They're, they're taken from scripture. They're from the mouth of God, inspired to, you know, buy a man to, to write that down. But that's not, that's not truth. That's, that's, man. What you need is not what someone says of God, but you need the express image of God. That's what you need. And I, I tell, I'll, I'll just kind of end it here. 
I've had so many conversations in my life of uh, specifically stemming from school, talking to various people, arguing different things. I've probably changed, going back, you know, thinking about things, probably changed my mind about all of those things at one point or another. There is one conversation I've had, and and maybe there are others, I just don't remember them, but there's one conversation, and this is, this is, I think it's a really good point, that I remember having with someone. And to this day, whatever, 10 years later, I could stand behind that, what I was saying, wholeheartedly, and that is this. If you make your mind up that you just want to know Jesus and be taught of him and that everything that you want to know is going to stem from what he did at the cross, if, that's, if you put yourself on that trajectory, that path, I promise you, you will not be disappointed in anything. You believe in him, and you, you allow the cross to be the lens in which you see everything. You want to know the nature of God? That's great. It really is. Not just saying that. But you can't know it without Jesus. I took systematic theology. We had, like, an entire chapter about Jesus. We had an entire uh, 20 chapters about the, the nature of God and all these different things. Jesus was brought up in just one little thing. And meanwhile, you know, you're, you're trying to tell people about the nature of God. And, you know, because Jesus, because you have the general revelation, the special revelation, and Jesus is that special revelation, but you could totally talk about this stuff and not, you don't have to worry about the special stuff. It's just silly. It's just, it's just silly. It's, it's profitless. And it really is a detriment to you because you're looking at something that's not true. It's coming from another person's perspective. It's just a man's opinion. And that's all it is. But if you put yourself on that trajectory, that path, you're like, all right, I know that everything is centered around the cross. That is, that is everything to me. Without the cross... Man, I, I just don't know anything. It is only through the cross. When I was having that conversation, to kind of tie this back into what I was saying, this, this conversation I, I recall having, that I can still stand here and say, like, yeah, that was spot on. That's, that what I was referring to was the stuff that was being taught at this church. And that's not to say that everything that's taught here is exactly the same as it was 10 years ago but I can still point you to in every message that's taught here and every article that's posted on our website, anything that is ever deliberately delivered. I'm talking about in past you know, comments about, oh, this restaurant's good. Not, not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things that are intentionally presented to people in this church. Everything is along those lines of pointing back to Jesus. That's all you need. 
you want to you want to have discernment as to what the truth is and uh what to how to judge things a lot of people are talking a lot of lot you can hear a lot of people say a lot of different things but the cross doesn't change that is that is everything to us and you you will you will not hear I really do believe this. And I don't I don't go looking for things, but I don't think you're going to hear that anywhere else. And right here. I've never I've heard people talk the talk or you know, they 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 talk about, yeah, you know everything's about Jesus. I I read a book um it was a youth ministry book. I don't remember exactly what it's called. Probably doesn't matter. But the concept is about Jesus being the center of everything. There are actually a lot of good points, like the general premise of it. You know, I agree with that. But even in that, I'm like, there's tons of stuff that if I had the the chance, I would cross it all out. Like you, 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 you were talking the talk, like you made your claim, but then somehow you get you know so caught up with things that if you were to look back, you're like, I started there, somehow I'm way over here. Not, not so with, with the, the things that are taught here and the things that are on our website, you know, specifically Reform You, but any, any message or article, quick read, anything that's posted here. You can't, you can't be disappointed when you have your eyes set on Jesus. You really can't. Good stuff. Um, you know, I, uh, I'll let you go. Um, but it is funny. I remember. I actually remember talking to Brother Matt about that book that he was just talking about. Even even the book that said it was about all about Jesus. Actually, I remember where we were. We were like right behind the church, and I remember we were on the ramp back there in the church. And he's talking about this book, and uh, all I remember is um, the exact word. It was wasn't the exact wording, but the way he described it to me was basically like everything in the Bible. You know, eventually just comes back to Jesus. And 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 I said, I remember telling him, well, I don't even know if he remembers this conversation, but I remember telling him. Well, it's like everything in the Bible is about Jesus. Like, because even, like, people kind of see that, right? Like, you know, the Bible's about morals and all this stuff, and it, it all comes back to Jesus. It's like, well, no, it doesn't come back to anywhere. It's actually written about him. Like, that verse is about Jesus. It doesn't come back to him eventually, you know? It's just funny, because he, like, he, when he mentioned that. Um, and, 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 and genuinely, the last thing I'll just tell you, too, is in all the things that he just mentioned was that the, uh, he, uh, I remember a guy saying one time that he went to a Bible school and the, uh, the, the guy was wanting him to come to a seminar, and uh, uh, this is a preacher I'm talking about, went to a Bible school just to check something out. Actually, he went, met, went to speak there, I think, and the guy wanted him to take some seminar or a few classes at the Bible school, and he kept persisting, and he's like, oh, no, you know, no, thank you. This is the same guy I just told you that hated Bible schools, and uh, he said, oh, no, thank you, no, I, you know, I'm like, he just expressed that he wasn't interested in actually attending the Bible school to take certain classes. And he, he was there for, spoke for like a week or something. And um, the, the, the dean of the Bible school or whoever he was kept persisting, trying to get this preacher to like, oh, no, you, you should take class, you should take class, you should take the classes here. And he kept persisting enough where this particular preacher told him, he said, um, he said you know what? He goes, I don't want to take the classes. And he got like firm with him. And he said, I've been here a week and you haven't told me one thing about Jesus. He goes, and I don't want to turn out like you. And that was his answer. You know, obviously, and he said, he said, I wouldn't have ordinarily said something like that to somebody, but they kept persisting. And you know what? 
Amen to that. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't want my head like that. You haven't told me a single thing about Jesus. And even the things that people say about Jesus, like uh, not exactly uh, staying with the cross and, and, and actually everything revolving around him. So anyway, all that to say, uh, this is a, a, an endorsement <laughs> for, for, uh, for Reform You and clearly not one for, uh, for, for Bible college. <laughs> so if you were thinking about it, you know, I think you got something to chew on tonight. Um, but it, it's, it's good advice. It really is good advice. Get to know Jesus. It's just, it's just about Jesus, just simple knowledge of Jesus, right? We hope you enjoyed this message from Reformed Church. If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this unpopular message to the world. If you'd like to support Reformed Church, you can do so at reforminus.com slash give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reforminus.com.